on today's expose, well, who else are we going to talk about than Caliban? Caliban <laughs> is like the most featured one in this episode, but he first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 148 in August of 1981, created by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum. Kevin. What? Do you remember Caliban from earlier in the series? You know, it's funny because when this started, I'm like, they obviously have a history or something. I've like, I, I, this is one of those episodes where I'm like, I need a previously on X-Men, please. Um, yes, <laughs> because right? they were going back, because we, we have like Fabian Cortez in here and we have Caliban in here. I'm like, okay, you need to show me these people where they came from. Um, so I did not remember him, but then I looked him up and then I remember him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Caliban was first seen in Slave Island. He's one of the slaves. And the reason why you may not remember is they didn't really, like, ease us into this because Caliban's always this shrimpy little tiny guy. So, like, as you've seen in this episode, he's augmented to this big, strong thing. So if you don't remember him because he's mostly a background character on Slave Island or in the Morlock Tunnels, then, yeah, this is jarring (laughs) to just see him as this big brooding guy. But um, Caliban in the comics, he's got a very sad story because he's kind of not the most high on IQ because he's been kind of shunned from society because of his appearance. He goes to live with the Morlocks, so he never really gets educated. And then he's also got kind of a mental disability. So it's sad because remember the episode where um, Callisto wants to marry Cyclops? Yeah. Caliban was featured heavily in that comic, but it was different where he wanted to marry Shadowcat. But the main story was uh, somebody else wanted to marry Storm. There's a lot of marrying going on in that one. I forget who it was, who else who wanted to marry who. But um, yeah, so it was kind of a Beauty and the Beast story where like he wanted to marry her, but you know, she's a teenager and she's not attracted to him. So that was kind of the first big time he was in it. Um, what we saw happening, it's a little bit different where Caliban sees in the Mutant Massacre where the Marauders are told by Sinister to kill off all the Morlocks because they're lesser mutants. Um, Caliban sees Archangel, our angel at the time, be hurt. He sees Apocalypse turn Angel into Archangel and he's like, well shit, if that can happen to Warren, I could be stronger. I could get revenge oh, for wow. what happened to the Morlocks. So he sought out Apocalypse and asked to be turned into a horseman, which looks like he does in this episode. What he didn't account for is, as we've seen, when you're twisted by Apocalypse, you're not in control of yourself. Like, you are Mm -hmm. a twisted version of yourself. So he turns into this hideous thing. He turns into death. And he mostly, like, he does get his revenge on Sabretooth. He is able to break Sabretooth's back, and he leaves Sabretooth for dead. Um, <laughs> but what he doesn't realize is Sabretooth has a healing factor. So he's, <laughs> he is able to defeat Sabretooth again, but, like, <laughs> it's to no avail. Um, <laughs> we see that uh, Caliban does eventually come out of his brainwashing. He's able to uh, return to, like, his childlike state but he still has this big hulking body but then apocalypse comes back and turns him into pestilence so he's pestilence inside um this is when uh 
uh, Wolverine was death at a, at a certain time. So what's interesting, though, is at this time, Ahab and Deathbird were the other two horsemen. So Deathbird does have a history with Apocalypse. Oh. Yeah. How fun. So eventually um, they are able to revert him down to his regular body, and he does come out of the kind of um, mind fuck that he was in. I haven't even said what his powers are. He can track other (laughs) mutants. Um, So that's what we kind of see in this episode. He can sense them and track them. He also can, like, feed off of fear in people and feed that fear. So if you're afraid of something, he gets stronger from it physically, and he can make you more afraid. So he's got kind of Mm. a dark power. Yeah. So, yeah, he eventually does get killed off, though. But with the whole Krakoa era, we do see him. It's kind of sad but funny. He comes back in Krakoa, but then he gets killed again. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, there's <laughs> unlimited returns on Krakoa, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> I go. I wanna go. Gene. Scott. Gene. Welcome to this week's Solving for X. This week we're here to talk about the fifth horseman. My name is Sean. I am your ultimate excavationist. excavationist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We just recorded Words of the Witches, so I had to like get into this mindset now. Exactly. And I'm something of an X fan myself, Kevin. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. Let's get down to business. So first off, our previous on last week was, did Storm have a right to destroy the central energy transmitter, changing the Palmachian's way of life? Or Palamachian? Whatever. Palamachus? Palamachians. Palamachians. So how do you think this went? I think most probably said yes because... They want you to. They want you to veer you towards that decision in the episode. So if you if you go from your initial instinct, you want to say yes, but it takes some deeper thinking to say no. So I don't know. I think most people probably said yes. Yeah, eighty six percent of people said yes, and you know this is a hard one because it's like, especially mm-hmm. I feel like our generation and Americans were like we should stay out of other people's business. But then there's a fine line. Like what if somebody's being hurt or subjugated? So right. I think ultimately this is the right choice. Mm-hmm. All right. So fifth horseman, this aired February 8th, 1997. We're up to 1997. Uh, Kevin. Oh, which means we're getting to the next one. 97 territory. Yes, we are. We only have five episodes after this. It's just correct. Whoa. Whoa. This actually aired after uh, Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater. So there's okay. also stuff like out of order. 
But again, we're going off of Eric Lewald's order that he put in his book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is written by Stephen Melching and David McDermott, who also, we've seen them on a lot of other episodes. I believe they might have even done, um, uh, I think they did Stormfront Part 1. I think so. I know I saw them recently. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. Open scene on a man being chased through the South American jungles by three hounds led by Caliban. The hound known as Blade throws a psionic boomerang. So like, I don't know why her name's Blade, but she throws boomerangs, especially when like Blade is already a well-known Marvel character. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe because they slice, they boomerang slice, do the boomerang slice. I guess. And what was weird is she was the only one who had a design and a name in Eric Lewald's book. So I don't know why they didn't include the (laughs) other two, but yeah, I couldn't find a name for them. How interesting. Yeah. Uh, Blade throws a psionic boomerang into a tree, exploding it. The tree comes crashing down towards the man. He narrowly avoids it and continues his escape. The tree blocks the hounds from pursuing further. Caliban gets mad. Blade messed up their pursuit. So, do you recognize these hounds? No. Okay. (laughs) This is a little bit of a gripe. Sorry. So early on. But the hounds, I thought you might recognize it because Rachel Gray or Rachel Summers, Rachel, whatever you want to call her, wears this outfit in the future, in like the days of future past future. Oh, because in that future, they enslave uh, mutants and have them go after other mutants. So she actually has uh, tattoos on her face that she covers psionically because she's embarrassed of her past, which eventually she kind of works through that pain and like wears them as a sign of like what she went through proudly. So for me, this is kind of like when I ranted about Tusk in uh, uh, – what was that one called? <laughs> um, oh, well. When I ranted about Tusk being, like, super good, like, it's cool we get to see Tusk, but I'm just so used to, like, Tusk and the Hounds in a different light. Like, they were from the mm. future. So it's, I guess it's cool we see them, but I'm just so used to them being what they are, future right. Hunters of Mutants. So then, like, shouldn't be here right now. Yeah, they shouldn't be here. But at the same time, it's like we can't use the Four Horsemen because Apocalypse isn't around. So I guess this is a good excuse to use them. Yeah. All right. The man continues to flee his pursuers until he finds his way to a cliff. The dopey-looking hound catches up. (laughs) He has the man cornered. The man focuses and is able to manifest his mutant power, sending a psychic dot into the hound, knocking him out. The boy takes off just as Caliban and the hounds catch up. So this man is just a generic mutant? Yeah, I couldn't find a name for him anywhere. He's not someone I recognize, so yeah, he was just made up. Everything I saw Uh, that referred to him online just called him the boy, I think. (laughs) He seemed too old to be a boy, though. Yeah. Boy, why are you crying? <laughs> um, but he, I mean, it was the way his power came out was pretty cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, right. I wonder sometimes because he's a cool character. Um, 
uh, Mijinari was a cool character. And yeah. then the two mutants from Days of Future Past, the one that makes the metal arms and the girl. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all cool characters. I wonder why nobody's, like, thought to bring them into the comics. The comics, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're right here for you. I know. And actually, <laughs> I was going to mention this. So I'm glad you reminded me because um, today, I'm so excited to share this with you, Kavad. I started reading the Clone Saga finally. I'm on the Clone Saga. Oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't remember or know, um, I'm reading through the Spider-Mans from like the beginning. So right now I'm in 1994. What's really interesting about the Clone Saga, what made me remember it right here, it actually kind of starts in 1975. That's when the whole thing starts because like the Jackal is introduced as Miles Warren and he was obsessed with Gwen and he made a a clone of Gwen and Peter. And then like the clone is thought to be dead at the end of that storyline. And then another writer picked it up in 1984 where the clone survived and he's been wandering around. It's only supposed to be five years since that happened, (laughs) but um he only comes back because Aunt May's like in the hospital, sick and dying. So like he wants to see her. So that's the only reason why he comes back. But I'm there. I'm reading it. Well, we're gonna get into some Ben Riley stuff. Gonna get into some Kane stuff. Yeah, and it was really sexy because Ben is like in the mall and he's decided to stay and be a hero and he's like but what should i wear and then he sees like the sweatshirt in a store window <laughs> and he takes it home and rips off the sleeves and it's like a behind shot of him and his red spandex putting it on and i'm like god that's such a sexy picture it's super sexy oh yeah. see now, now you make me want to read them oh my gosh <laughs> i love ben kevin and i bonded over our scarlet spider love <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but we're not here to talk about Scarlet Spider. Meanwhile, in a South American temple, Fabian Cortez grovels to a statue with Apocalypse's shimmering ghost face on it. He tells Apocalypse the hounds failed at nabbing the mutant man. Apocalypse reveals that he has been drifting in time, awaiting the celestial alignment that can free him. Apocalypse tells Cortez that he will be made the most powerful mutant on Earth as long as he is able to follow through on their plan. But beware of disappointing apocalypse again. <laughs> what were your feels on seeing Fabian again? Okay, here's another one. I'm like, why does he look familiar to me? <laughs> I'm like, because I was like, I know this name, but I, I in my brain, I picture somebody else. I, I attribute a Fabian Cortez to some other guy with dark hair. So I'm like, this doesn't look like him at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, oh, okay, it's that guy. <laughs> so when they start saying so, Asteroid M and stuff, then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. For anyone who doesn't remember, he was in Sanctuary Part 1 and 2. So he was using his power to power up Magneto mm-hmm. so that Nito was able to like pull all the mutants into Asteroid M in space. But then and then he came. He's took. He's like, I'm gonna take it back. Ha 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 ha! It was yeah. to kill you. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he betrayed Magneto and took all his power, leaving Magneto for dead. And then at the end of that, they kind of just left him on Asteroid M as it was being splodied. So he was thought yeah. to be dead. But then we find out what happened. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Apocalypse is. Apocalypse's shimmery ghost image, no, 
Chamber Maid Ghost Magic Image. There we go. Ooh, some I want that toy for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's Apocalypse Chamber Maid Ghost Magic Image. It fades away and it comes back in real time. <laughs> it's like, you go, Apocalypse. <laughs> There's got to be a button on it where he says, you infidels. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. So that's that's the next toy. Make it happen. All right. <laughs> so it fades. The image fades and Fabian leaves the temple. He stands before a group of Apocalypse's followers. Cult, if you will. <laughs> Cortez tells the cultists that their time is almost at hand. Everyone begins chanting for Apocalypse. Ooh. <laughs> and they have their, their weird mouths like him. Like, ew. Yeah, they've all painted the mouth on them. Like, girl, you don't even know what you're chanting for. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) By happy happenstance, in a nearby village, Jubilee is doing her best to speak Spanish with a local. (laughs) Jubilee and Beast are on a road trip through South America. Beast has been on an archaeological research journey with Jubes, but he's homesick and ready to return home after this last leg of their journey. (laughs) <laughs> so this is the moment where i can really see the animation because the other times it was i guess because i wasn't as familiar with the characters but once you see like the new characters that you know you're like oh <laughs> and redesigned yeah. of course but yeah there's this weird thing i happened to pause when apocalypse was speaking to write notes so i noticed it more but when he's talking he's animated weird like you can see his front teeth a lot so it just looks like he's going like i am apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> very, very jim carrey yeah oh yeah jim carrey <laughs> but yeah they actually redesigned most of the mutants so you can really see it especially in jubilee with her like weird haircut <laughs> She reminded me of like Krista from Fern Gully. Krista. Yes, that's what she, she looked look like, like to me. Hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and like her long hair, and she she lost some weight for sure. She's way too skinny now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and I noticed. I I guess like I feel like the animation itself isn't bad. I guess it kind of is. It's just different, so I think we mm-hmm. judge it more. But there are pieces yeah. of it that are bad, like. There's a weird kind of glow around people and like their mouths. <laughs> I've been, that's what I was going to say. I know it's like Jubilee's lips always are like a little glowy lips or like you see them when they're fighting. It's like around the border, around the body of the person. I was like, oh, it's like this like halo glowing effect. I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and even like their skin, sometimes the colors like move. I don't know. It's really weird. So I guess it is bad quality. <laughs> But, like, the animation itself, the drawings aren't bad. They're, like, equivalent right. to 90s animation. It's just, like, cheap. <laughs> and there there would be times where, like, that glow would be appropriate and cool, where it looked good, but it just seemed very random and not used properly or something. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out why that would be. Because, yeah, because that's a common thing when you're animating. You just have, like, the face without the mouth, and yeah. then you animate the mouth moving on it to save time and money. But, yeah. like... Why is it glowing? Like, did somebody else try to recreate <laughs> the skin? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, and then Beast reminded me. He reminded me of, like, Inspector Gadget. 
Yeah, <laughs> with the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we got Inspector Gadget and Krista on the road trip today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, back at the temple, Caliban comes storming in to report to Fabian Cortez that they were not able to capture the boy. Fabian excuses his sexy sex worker servant to speak to Caliban. <laughs> Be gone! <laughs> he tells Caliban that he's worthless for his failure. <laughs> Fabian gets mad and strips away Caliban's power, reverting him to his shrimpy Morlock that he are. He's like, look at you, weakling that you are. How dare you! I should destroy you right now! <laughs> Fabian mutants blames Caliban about everything he's done for him. <laughs> After all I've done for you! <laughs> I ripped you from the Morlock tunnels and gave you the power to overcome your enemies. La 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 la. <laughs> Fabian returns Caliban's powers and sends him to find someone else for Apocalypse to slide into. He's like, here you go. Do it. Do more. Do not fail me again or I will destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess like most of my notes here we already talked about, but I do want to say... I do appreciate this idea of um, Fabian being able to power up Caliban into a strong form. Like, it makes sense for the show. I think it's a smart idea since they're kind of changing, you know, how he turns into this mutant hound seeker thing. Yeah. So that's cool. I don't know. I always yeah. like it. If there's going to yeah. be a change made, it should make sense. Make it makes sense. <laughs> And that, yeah. makes, you know, because he, he's done it before. We've seen Caliban do this. Or not, we've seen Fabian do this before. And so mm-hmm. it's not completely out of left field, you know. So, you know, it yeah. works. Mm-hmm. Close by, Beast and Jubilee continue their drive down the mountain. Jubilee can't help but to eat junk food and sweat everywhere. Jubilee and Beast <laughs> seem to be lost, and Beast can't find them on the map. Jubilee slams on the brakes just before they go over a cliff. Jubilee offers to drive them back, but Beast sees a bridge to a local tribe. Hmm, convenient. Beast is intrigued to find that the ropes on the bridge are relatively new. He Mm -hmm. tells Jubilee, people seem to be living here, and he'd like to investigate further. They go back to the jeep to get supplies. I love Beast. He's like, we ran out of road. And Jubilee's like, we ran out of road a long time ago. Now we just ran out of land or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Earth. <laughs> so, Kevin, what did yes. the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? <laughs> um, I don't know. Supplies! I never never heard that before. I love that. You're welcome. <laughs> I just picture it now. Supplies and just like chucks them at you and then starts throwing them at you. <laughs> have a ruler. Have a, have a stapler. Pencil sharpener. You got it. <laughs> Here's a mop, you mop head. <laughs> Oh, God. Tissue? (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Beast and Jubilee make their way down to the temple in the middle of the dell. Middle middle of the dell. Middle of the dell. As Caliban and the hounds are eating, 
Caliban uses his mutant power to sense that Jubilee is approaching. <laughs> okay. I love this though, because he's like, oh, I sense a great mutant, and she's very powerful. I'm like, what? What? Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, he seems confused because apparently she has great power. <laughs> Caliban declares that the hounds must follow him immediately in capturing the new vessel. So, Kevin, I'm going to educate you then because we always joke that she's weak, but she's actually not. Um, oh, tell there's me. A, there's a comic where Emma Frost, I think it's in Generation X, she's sitting down with Jubilee and she tells her, you may be one of the most powerful mutants ever. And the reason for this is Jubilee, what her power is actually doing is breaking down atoms at a subatomic level. So what that means is she can basically like do the equivalent of an A-bomb. She's that powerful. Not only mm-hmm. that, if you imagine this, she can manifest her fireworks wherever she wants and control them. So if she was to be like fireworks in your brain, she could like kill people instantly with her power. The only reason why we never see her be this OP, this powerful, is because one time she lost control and she's afraid of killing someone. So that's the only thing that kind of keeps her in check. Wow. Yeah. I remembered in the back of my mind that like she's supposed to be super powerful for some reason. So I went and like researched it today. <laughs> and that's what I found. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like Piper's power a little bit. She's because Piper blows, like explodes molecules and she's doing atoms and breaking them apart, blowing them up in a sense. And interesting. Yeah, there was sure. one time where she did use her power to create the equivalent of the A-bomb and blow up a ship. And like it was so powerful, it basically like burned off all her hair and her clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's one time that Piper actually created fireworks with her power. Really? Of course, it was, of course, it was Wyatt doing it. But it was when she was pregnant with Wyatt. She tried to blow somebody up and then she just oh, made fireworks in the air. I remember. So, oh, That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there you go. There's your little bit on uh, Jubilee. Fun. Love it. Uh, Beast and Jubilee continue their journey on foot. Beast keeps stopping to look at shit. Beast finds a rock with ancient writing on it. It says, a few miles ahead is a temple (laughs) consecrated to the end of the world. Jubilee brings up her belief that Mayans had human sacrifices. (laughs) This is so random. Like, it had no point in the story. (laughs) Much like most of us would have done, Beast ignores her by rambling on about smart stuff and the number zero. Apparently, the Mayans (laughs) came up with the idea of the number zero. Yeah. (laughs) suddenly beast realizes he translated wrong the temple is not consecrated to the end of the world but to apocalypse right and i can see how those can be misconstrued because apocalypse does mean the end of the world so it makes sense (laughs) i know i love this little mix-up it's so smart like because you're right they're the same thing why would you think the end of the world is a person right away yeah Mm mm-hmm Just then, ah, (laughs) get out of here. Okay, just then, a flaming boomerang rains down on Jubes and Beast, destroying the rock. The other hound 
played by Harvey Weinstein. Oh my god, he wrote my play that I just did. Oh my god. I know. I thought of you when I wrote that. His voice <laughs> and the way he looked very much reminded me of Harvey. <laughs> yeah. With a voice and a face like this, I could always <laughs> drive a cab. <coughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, the other hand played by Harvey Firestein produces a flaming whip and demands Beast hand over Jubilee. Beast tries apologizing to the hounds and leaving, but they advance anyway. Jubilee pew pews them. Beast instructs Jubilee to run in so many words. <laughs> he stays behind to stave off the hounds. Beast is overtaken by the big burly hound. <laughs> Didn't Harvey Firestein also make flaming whips? I think I remember that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe, was... in, maybe, in, maybe somewhere in the bedroom that I didn't see. I don't know. <laughs> it was worth the confused <laughs> look on your face. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows? I'm a flamer. I like whips. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a trip to Wit there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Caliban races to track Jubilee through the jungle. He catches her in the middle of the bridge. Upon seeing her, which I was a little confused about because he saw her in his little tracking vision. I know! That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm like, you saw her face, you saw her power. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's Jubilee? What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He suddenly recognizes brightest, her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And he tries to stop the pursuit. Just then, Blade enters and throws a boomerang at the bridge, knocking it down with Jubilee on it! Jubilee lets out the shrillest shrill I have ever shrilled. She is able to grab the rope of the ladder, but now she dangles precariously over the raging waters below. Over the fathoms below! Caliban <laughs> below. climbs down the cliff <laughs> to save Jubes. <laughs> Would you like my 90s <laughs> moment? Would you like it? You got mail. 90s moments. Okay. Yeah. So Jubilee says, I think I have room in my or my appointment book is wide open. I'm like, nobody uses fucking appointment books. Like, we all have phones now. <laughs> Maybe it's a euphemism for something. <laughs> oh, the appointment book is her vagina. <laughs> My appointment book is wide open. Oh. Okay, no. <laughs> Stop it. She's a teenager. <laughs> I know. Well, how is she still? I guess she still is. I feel like all this time has passed, but I guess not that much time has passed. Yeah, I think she's like 15 still at this point. She's the wheeze. Yeah, you Stop, stop. Yeah, you need, you need to wear cover up, girl, with what you're wearing in this episode. <laughs> Put that sweater back on. <laughs> yeah, and stop eating all that food. <laughs> I mean, apparently, though, her metabolism is insane because she's super... Like, I, I, t- I, mean, I tell her, I look at her, I'm like, you need to eat some more, girl. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're going to break in half any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jubilee tries to swing to safety, but misses. The rope breaks and sends her fall into oblivion. Not the keyblade, but oblivion. Um, luckily, Caliban catches her just in time. He throws Jubilee on his back. Come with me, Jubilee. I will save you. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> Harvey Firestein, use, oh, Harvey Firehound, ooh, uses ooh. a psionic whip to aid Caliban's climb. He's like, yeah, yeah, you got, yes, you got her. Thank you, good God. Okay, and then <laughs> the hounds think Caliban saved Jubes in order to take her to Apocalypse. He's like, 
You're very wise for saving that girl. Now we can bring her. Oh. Caliban apologizes to Jubilee. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so this is giving me very uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom vibes because, like, there's the temple, there's, like, the rope bridge breaking and her, like, grabbing it. You know, it's very Indiana Jones. You know, I've never seen an Indiana Jones movie. I know. And that's weird because I know I like the movies. They're totally movies I would be into. And I just haven't watched them. <laughs> I'm so ashamed of you right now. I, <laughs> I was thinking about that. T- I, I was thinking about that today. Like or yesterday, I'm like, what's a movie that you would tell somebody that you, that you'd be shocked that they never saw. That they'd be shocked. You never saw <laughs> like Chris Kelfa told me it was Hocus Pocus. I was like, what? <laughs> and then like, uh, Aaron Robertson said sister act. I was like, you never saw Sister Act. What, what kind of sheltered life did you childhood did you have? And so, wow. so I guess there's always those movies for somebody. I went, what would yours be? I don't even know. Um, I've seen a lot of movies, but probably the the color purple. Okay, yeah, I, I like that movie a lot. So there you go. I know I'm excited cool. for the new musical version coming out, and I want to watch the original before that. But yeah, I just haven't got. And like Casablanca, I've been meaning to watch. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The classics. I never saw Casablanca either, but I have seen The Color Purple. A lover showed it to me once. Oh. <laughs> a sexy lover whose son is in movies now, too, whatever it's about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back at the temple, Caliban and hounds are approaching with Jubilee and Beast in tow. The villagers watch as Caliban leads the captives to the temple to fulfill the prophecy of Apocalypse's return. Beast and Jubilee are shoved to their knees. <laughs> Get down on those knees. <laughs> Suck this dick. I mean, Stop what? it. She's 15. <laughs> no, Beast. Okay. <laughs> beast knows you. By Beast, he's got teeth. He's got sharp teeth. He's got fangs, rather sharp ones. <laughs> Kill the beast. <laughs> beast notes that this temple is a duplicate of the Lazarus chamber, probably built centuries ago. Fabian is literally carried out Cleopatra style from inside the temple. Diva much? <laughs> Fabian reveals that he survived Asteroid M by Apocalypse. He was saved with the purpose to bring Apocalypse back. <laughs> okay, Michael. <laughs> I know. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Fabian goes into his villain rant about his backstory. After Apocalypse saved me, Fabian, him, and Deathbird <laughs> empowered a weak Fabian. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I'm getting into the mode where, like, he's saying the story, but he, I'm saying the story. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they, sent, they sent me, Fabian, back to the earth to gather the hounds. Then Apocalypse led me, Fabian, to the Forgotten by Lazarus Temple. (laughs) The Lazarus Temple built eons ago to continue his work. As me, Fabian, finishes my story, Beast begs begs me to forgo his quest. 
Apocalypse will only betray me like he did all his other partners. <laughs> yes. Wait. Oh, yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Baby. <All> right. <laughs> Apocalypse will only betray me, Fabian, like he did all of his other partners. <laughs> Fabian laughs at this and showcases his power on Beast by turning him even beastier. Ooh. Oh. You are so ravagey. And then he, he gets very Tasmanian devil. He's like, rah, 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 I'm a Tasmanian devil. Give me your food. Um, let me destroy your car. Anyway, Beast makes his escape. But me, Fabian, don't care. It's time for the celestial coming of apocalypse. He orders me, Fabian, or me, Fabian, orders Jubilee to be taken into the temple and prepared. <laughs> You're an 11 right now. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) What did you think of beast beastier mode? I don't know. I kind of liked it. I knew it. You thought it was sexy. I did. I mean, I didn't like the grunting so much that I'm like, okay, you know, you're losing me. But the look was cool. Was this like, is this like where beast? Was this like dark? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not dark beast, but yeah, kind of a were beast thing going on. Were beast, yeah. yeah. I'm a super beast. <laughs> In the temple, me Fabian tells the apocalypse <laughs> statue that everything is in readiness. Readiness. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> Look what you've done to me. <laughs> the vessel is being prepared. The commune is interrupted by Caliban who asks me Fabian <laughs> for them to find another vessel <laughs> me Fabian gets all angry and shit and tells Caliban no <laughs> so um, I feel in my head canon I feel that this episode inspired the comics would you like to know why thank you for asking yes <laughs> in um the dark angel saga it's revealed that there's an apocalypse seed so apocalypse is not Ooh. just in savanur <laughs> apocalypse is more than that stop it stop it pervy pervy <laughs> <laughs> so like through the apocalypse seed he's able to spread himself to new people <laughs> so that's how like archangel becomes apocalypse so i feel like this whole idea of him not being grounded in one body is very much like a newer idea and something that one of the writers picked up on okay so what does he have to do to spread the seed does he have to just touch you in his ghostly form no, it was a little bit different. Like, because at that point in the comics, Apocalypse was dead, dead. They thought, like, oh, good, he's dead. There's this whole, like, int- really interesting story, actually, with, um, I can't remember his name right now. Is it Genesis? Where basically, like, he was reborn. And so X Force at the time, which was led by Wolverine, was kind of like, well, if we kill this kid, we kill Apocalypse. But then they're like, but what if we like don't kill a kid and we raise him to be good, but then there's a chance that if he ever turns evil, he's fucking apocalypse. So it turns out like Psylocke is really dark. She killed the kid without like the blessing of the other X-Force. It was crazy. I remember you brought that up 
on Hanging with the Hallowells back, yeah. in, back in the dead. I remember you brought this up over in the episode Little Monsters. Oh, yeah, I did. You're right, because it was a similar story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, at me, my, look at me in my memory. Look at you in your memory. So, yeah, I think the seed just had to, like, if I remember right, it touches you. And then, like, it spreads throughout you. I don't remember how it got through Archangel. But it was so cool because he, like, he draped his wings over himself like a cape. And, like, mm. that was his apocalypse form. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cool. 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh. All right. Beast, yeah, beast, beast, super beast. About in the jungle, he makes sniffly sniffing happen. <laughs> if you're into that, you know, and finds the jeep. I'm a sniffer, <laughs> and I sniff your feet. No, he goes sniff Ew. your feet every night. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So he beats about. He sniffs. He finds the jeep. He's like, rawr, 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 rawr. and he looks in the mirror at his twisted form and gets <laughs> mad and destroys the jeep. Rawr, rawr, rawr. And then he rifles through it until he finds a picture of the X-Men. He's like, oh, look at these people. I'm in there too. Oh. Then, he, then he finds a picture of him and Jubilee. Oh, oh, his senses return. He's like, there's me and the girl that I like to protect. Oh, in the distance, we see the celestial celestial alignment starting. <laughs> this is very much like a fuck the X-Men's drag moment. Because he not, that picture did nothing for him. But <laughs> I know. Really, all right, I'm back. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, I guess, maybe he, maybe he's not fully back, but like, I feel things. He's like, I feel things. <laughs> I don't know. Because he yeah. still has to be reverted, right? I feel like what it's doing for us and what it's telling us is I feel like he somewhat His mind. comes back from the X-Men picture. And then when he sees just him and Jubilee, he remembers, oh, shit, like Jubilee is being held captive. I need to help her in like gotcha. the primal sense. Yeah. And that was like the most recent memory, like because it was like from their journey that they were just on. So it's like newer. It's probably easier to collect. Yeah. Back at the temple, the cultists began to meander in to witness the rebirth of Apocalypse. I can't talk about Apocalypse and not talk like him. The hounds tie South American-style Jubilee into place in front of Apocalypse. Caliban. This is where she's, like, too skinny. Whatever she's yeah, wearing. She's super skinny. And it, like, they don't really give us a good... Um, transition of her being in this outfit because it doesn't really look like her you just have to like oh that's jubilee <laughs> yeah she looks she look you know what she kind of looks like she looks like what's her face from gargoyles <laughs> oh the 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 female oh, gargoyle but the demona demonia yeah yeah i mean mm-hmm. obviously i mean she's not just like her but a little bit like her because her hair is like i don't know <laughs> it's yeah, not as right. it's more like i don't know a disney character <laughs> And there's recent rumors. I don't know how strong these rumors are. I didn't read through it fully, but that apparently there may be a live action Gargoyles coming, which would be just uh, fucking amazing. Uh, I, I love that show when too. it got into all the like Shakespeare stuff. Like, Which, by the way, I didn't mention it. Caliban comes from Shakespeare. That name? Yes. I was in my comes searches when I was t- trying to Google him. I found that out. <laughs> yeah. 
Because it's funny, <clears> when <throat> I saw The Tempest back in, um, I think, August. Oh, right? I love that one. That's the, that's the supernaturally Shakespeare. Ooh, yes. Yeah. When they they were referring to him as Caliban, I thought, X-Men, X-Men. But I never realized, like, that's where his name is from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, I was reading this. Where was I? Oh, there we go. Caliban looks physically agitated as he ponders what is about to happen to his fireworks friend. Jubilee pleads to Caliban for help. Caliban begs to be the vessel instead. (laughs) Me? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) This laugh. This laugh. (laughs) It was the craziest thing. It was the craziest thing. He, I laugh at the thought of a Morlock housing apocalypse. <laughs> Caliban bitch slaps me, Fabian, <laughs> and begins untying Jubilee. Me, Fabian, I demand the hounds stop him. <laughs> I was having a flashback to like Mora Rose though, which is like. <laughs> <laughs> she's like like the best character ever i know (laughs) oh so much fun (laughs) anyway (laughs) okay caliban enters into mortal combat with the hounds he does a pretty good job of holding his own for a while until the hounds realize it's three on one and team up easily dispatching caliban me, Fabian, tells Caliban he is unworthy of his power and reverts Caliban to his Morlock form. Me, Fabian, tells Caliban that he would kill him, but that I, he, would kill him, but I, he, is leaving the honor to Apocalypse. Pronouns. Who needs them? <laughs> I am a little bit mad that me, Fabian, I look really fucking sexy in this Mayan geesh, and I'm like such a fucking douche. Like, I'm such an asshole. Like, nobody would want to be with me, but I look, I got my nipples out. I'm fucking hot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, he, he gets into it. It's beautiful. I was like, all right. I'm not, yeah. I'm not I, ain't, I ain't mad. <laughs> Just don't talk. <laughs> Just keep silent. Yeah. Look at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Apocalypse appears from above in a portal. The time is at hand. Cultists scatter as Beastier Beast begins his attack. He begins taking out the temple supports. The hounds and Gaje in battle with Beastier Beast. As the temple shakes, Caliban comes to help Jubilee free herself, which she kind of does on her own. She just, like, fireworks herself. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. That was really easy. Yay. Let's go. Um, me, Fabian, pulls a gun on Jubilee, but she pew-pews at me. Jubilee helps Caliban to safety as the hounds escape. Beast your beast attacks me, Fabian. Me, Fabian, is able to revert Beast to his Saiyan form. Me, Fabian, once more tries to shoot Jubilee, but she pew-pews me and runs to Beast's side. Infernal, furry, blue fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
As the temple collapses, me, Fabian, is caught at the altar in my sexy geesh. Beast wants to go back and help him, but Jubilee stops him. It's too dangeroso. Because te- I'm South American garb, so I'm saying dangeroso, even though it's not even a real <laughs> Spanish word. See, see, dangeroso. <laughs> the temple collapses. Jubilee tells Caliban it's time to go home. But Caliban feels he's not worthy of home. <laughs> Me not worthy, pretty lady, pretty girl. Jubilee, I don't know. Jubilee tells him he was manipulated and that he shouldn't feel too bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was really confused right here because Jubilee and Beast call it a truck. Like, wait till you see what I did to the truck. But it's a fucking Jeep. Like, it's not a truck. It's a Jeep. And I saw that. I'm like, is the Jeep a truck? I don't know. I don't know. So then I, I googled it. <laughs> so I googled it. Is it? A Jeep is sometimes called a light utility vehicle. It's quicker and smaller than a truck or a larger utility vehicle. And most Jeeps are not, oh, are now owned by civilians. <laughs> okay. Oh, because it used to be used for army bases. Yeah. Party little cars with four-wheel drive. So it's like, a, it's not a truck. It's a light utility vehicle. Okay, good. They're just stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know Jubilee's stupid, but come on, Beast. Right. Come on now. You you know, you know things. I just realized Open we haven't book. seen Rogue and Gambit in so long. I right? guess beyond good and evil. <laughs> it's like, where are they at? Yeah, where are they at? They fucking. <laughs> yep. Back at the temple, me, Fabian, apologizes to Apocalypse for failing to provide a vessel. <laughs> Apocalypse tells me, but. You sound like Sam you... Eagle there. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, did. I was like, oh. <laughs> But you have provided me with one, Fabian. Me, Fabian, is dumb and doesn't understand the subtlety of the joke. Who wrote this? Just (laughs) then, Apocalypse possesses me, Fabian, making this whole episode pointless. (laughs) (laughs) It is I, he, me, Fabian, Apocalypse, yes. Yeah, Infidels! I'm like, <laughs> like, did Apocalypse just not want to like stick his dick in Fabian? But then when that was the last choice, like he went for it. I, it was so random. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is an original episode. The closest it kind of. By the way, I found this really cool um, thing that Marvel Comics put out. It's a guide to each. I wish I had this before. I don't know why I couldn't find it. It's a guide to each of the episodes and what comics it drew from. So I can be a little more exacter with my uh, comics reading. But this episode doesn't really derive directly from a comic. Oh, I just lost it. I was just on it. Where'd it go? I was just on it. Stolen from <laughs> parchment. <laughs> So the closest this derives from is there's a Avengers X-Men crossover called Blood Ties, 
which ran from Avengers 368, X-Men 26, West Coast Avengers 101, Uncanny X-Men 307, and Avengers 369. In that one, um, Apocalypse isn't in it, so that's the biggest difference. <laughs> okay. It's more so about Fabian Cortez kidnaps Luna, who is uh, Quicksilver and Crystal. Crystal is one of the... Um, what are they called? The... Inhumans. Oh, yes. So Crystal and Quicksilver have a daughter together. And so at this time, since Magneto's believed to be Quicksilver's dad at this time, this is Magneto's granddaughter. So of course Magneto gets involved, gets pissed, and they go attack Cortez to get Luna back. So that's the closest this kind of resembles a comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Further reading for those who want to read it. But um, what did you think of this episode? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was bored by it because <clears throat> it was. I was in it, but I was also like, "What?" <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it's fine. It's fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn it off if I was watching it. But yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of a a head spinner for me too, because I do really enjoy probably like a good half of this episode, and the other half kind of ruins it for me. So it falls into expected for me as well. I think that like. It's lazy writing to be like Jubilee and Beast just so happened to be traveling through South America at the time Apocalypse is making his return. I would have done it differently where like, I don't know, there's a distress call or Professor X, you know, feels the the mutant boy like uses power and he sends them there. I don't know. It's just such a random episode. Um, mm-hmm. But I really love the way it takes some of the lore and like mixes it together with like the Lazarus Chamber. Like this is an alternate one that was built. We find out what happened with Fabian. It's like a continuation of Beyond Good and Evil. So it has some really cool things. Like and there's Taliban a lot of smart too. things in there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of continuity things, which is surprising, you know. So yeah, it's a smart season five episode, but then just it could have been written better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, expected. Yeah, you're going to find there are some really strong episodes in season five. I'm really looking forward to a certain one, but it's later. It's later. (laughs) (laughs) And we get a Len Wein episode again, too, which is pretty cool. So, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who would you say is the MXP? I don't know. This is so weird. This is really tricky for me. I mean... I'm going to say Caliban. Yes. I'm going to say him because he was vouching for his Jubilee friend and he he was he was he knew when to like keep it quiet and knew when to take action and um I think he was he was kind of he was good. He was good at being he was mostly good at getting her safe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I agree. Yeah, Caliban is the show stealer. Like, he's got the tragic story. He wanted to be stronger. He didn't realize what that would cost him in his servitude to Fabian. 
And like Fabian even rubs it in his face. Ew, you're a Morlock. Gross. Like fuck you, Fabian. A mutant's right. a mutant. We're all equal. So yeah, and the <clears throat> way that he saves Jubilee from falling, and then he saves her again from being possessed. Like it's a pretty cool story for him. Mm-hmm. Previously on, so this one is up to interpretation. So I want to know if you could possess any mutant, who would it be? I could possess any mutant. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> I think I want to do a female mutant because I know you always want to have your female fantasy. I never had as much a, a, a strong female fantasies, but I think it would be, I think it would be cool. I want to do, I want to do a very, you know what? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I might. It might be fun to do Emma. Be Emma for a little bit. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So she was my initial choice, but then I decided I'm going to use my X Men expertise and I'm going to cheat here, Kevin. <laughs> oh, someone's powers can be other people's powers, right? I mean, so people. I'm going to possess escapade who's a very new character uh she just appeared in the last year but she is a transgender girl so not only can i see what it feels like to be transgender but her power is to literally switch places (laughs) with other people anyone she chooses so then you have the full lineup to choose from (laughs) yeah cheater cheater pumpkin eater i love that that's good it was her yeah because karma has a similar power Uh, we didn't say the X Factor, but we did not say the X Factor. What is your X Factor? I don't have one, but I have to. Fi- I have to think of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one. Um, I okay. already kind of said it, but this whole idea that Apocalypse is like immortal, no matter if you trap him, kill him, anything. Like, I feel like this episode inspired the comics, and just the idea of like comic villains finding like any way possible to come back like for example dr octopus was on a bed dying and he put his like his psyche into peter parker to survive so like this is a very comic book idea and then he's like hey i like being peter parker i'm gonna be spider-man now (laughs) i just like do things i'm like okay (laughs) and i remember like everybody including myself was like this is the dumbest idea ever and then we all read it and we're like and like, oh That's my god, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, along the lines, it's very apocalypse being self, um, selfish, self, self-preserving, self-preserving. Um, because oh, really, go. he doesn't care about anything except for himself and his mission that's all he cares about all the time so it was like whatever <laughs> whatever you are you will help me you will be you will be me you will be my host you will whatever you either help me or die or help me and die you know <laughs> yeah so that's it it's it's very typical and it's it's throughout <laughs> so i guess i'll spoil this a little bit for you but to what I remember, again, I could be wrong. It's been a little while. I don't think Apocalypse comes back again in this series. So it'd be interesting if X-Men 97 kind of followed up and we saw, like, 
is there I any mean, struggle with Fabian's persona being overtaken by Apocalypse? Like, what does this mean for Apocalypse? Oh my gosh, they have all these Apocalypse seeds in here for the future. <laughs> <laughs> I have an Apocalypse seed in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. This season five leaves a lot of things up in the ether, in the air for future th- episodes. That's crazy. Yeah, this was an interesting choice because knowing that they only had so many episodes left and bringing back Apocalypse, like, I wonder if there was ever a plan to go on from here, if they just thought it'd be fun Mm -hmm. just to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. So next up, we have Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater. I'm excited to say that my boyfriend, Alan, my partner, <laughs> is going to be on the episode with us because he's a Jubilee stan. So I think it'll be fun to see like how he feels about Jubilee's fairy tale theater. Oh, it's <laughs> going to be fun to do a podcast with Alan because I don't think I ever have. Weren't you? You were on um, uh, Marvelous Galaxy with the two of us once, weren't you? All the way back towards oh, the maybe, beginning. Oh, maybe once. You're right. Maybe once. You're the yeah. first time. But most of the time I'm on that show, I was like when he's gone. So I was like, oh. Yeah. I never get. <laughs> but you're right. Whenever that one time. Alan was away, it's like, Kevin, what are you up to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's been a while then. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, what do you think happens in Jubilee's Fertile Theater? <laughs> I feel, I, I don't know if this is right off. I'm like going to say it. I feel like Jubilee is going to start a theater gay group a little theater tra- <laughs> she's, gonna, she's gonna be like hey guys i'm gonna be an actress and she's like come join my play and then it's like we have goblins and ghoulies and unicorns and rainbows and we are going to put on a play <laughs> and then me jubilee <laughs> i'm gonna tell a story <laughs> i'm gonna play leah michelle <laughs> I can't handle you today. How did I do two shows with you today? This is with the energy all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. Speaking of other shows, where can people find you? Yeah. So you can follow eh, my personal Instagram. <laughs> KGZ87. KJEEZY87. Or the other podcast where Sean is helping me cover the charm comicas. Comics, I mean. And... <laughs> Um, yeah, we're doing charm stuff and it's great. We're almost end, end, end of the a thousand deaths dynamite run. So yeah, there words of the witches. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you can find my book, uh, which is brew dream of waking on Amazon. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for Jubilee's Vital Vital. <laughs> Ooh, that's the Ah. <laughs> <laughs>